This is Lee Shackelford, Creative Relativity, and this summer I've had the wonderful opportunity to talk with a lot of my fellow creators of audio fiction, and oh my goodness, tonight I'm talking with Sarah Werner, the the eponymous girl in space, (laughs) right? Thank you for thank you for chatting with me. This is really delightful. Uh, we we just we Sarah and I have been chasing each other for weeks and we finally yeah. caught you. So it's because nobody knows where the Cavatica is exactly. So I know I'm I'm surprised and impressed that you found me, and I will have to immediately change its location. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's the whole point. So yeah, for. Uh, for the two or three people who who, who aren't uh, fans of Girl in Space, how would you describe it in a few words? Um, well, this is really easy. Are you ready? Yeah, because you've practiced this because you're a pro. Well, also, it's just because it's about a girl in space. I know. <laughs> I... But, but for those of you who haven't listened, Girl in Space is... Uh, The story of, you know, perhaps obviously a girl in space. She's been marooned on a space station and you're not sure why she's there or what happened to the rest of her crew. All you know is that there is a light coming steadily toward her. And then I do jazz hands. So imagine me doing jazz hands. (laughs) That's part of the pitch. Yes. It enhances the mystery. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. We're not getting the whole visual on that. I know. Well, I really missing out. Yeah, I and and I, I am a big fan of the show and and have well, you know, when you and I met at Pod X, I, I talked about this a little bit that I, I am intrigued. Well, uh, let me back up. Relativity had been going on for a while before I get. Let's see, you're at episode thirteen right now. Yes. Of once a month, so yeah, it's been a just over a year. Yeah. I, I was like at episode 20 when your show launched and then I was listening to it and I was thinking, is she aware of my show? Because they're both about <laughs> lone people stranded on a giant ship on which there is a forest. Oh yes. On which weird things are happening. And, and they, and they have adversarial relationships with their artificial intelligence. And, um, but th- those are superficial. <laughs> I mean, but it is interesting that 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 you and I were both sort of coming to the same place. What can you say about your process? About how how did you come to this? Huh? Oh man! So okay, so there's a lot of different things going on here. But that first thing you touched on, I really like that. Like, um, I don't know if you've read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. No. Um, but she talks about how ideas come to us, and she talks about this mm. beautiful synchronicity. Um, when an idea lands and several people like reach for it at the same time, it's very, yes. it's very like almost mystical, but it, it also explains a lot of the inexplicable uh, matter of creativity. So I, I really, I really appreciate that. And I like to think that we were just reaching for the same thing and at a very similar time. Right. Um, and so, so that's, that's one thing that I, I like. Um, the other thing is it is just, it, it just sort of makes sense. If you're an indie podcaster with a microphone, it sort of makes sense to have a show that's set in space because um, it, it adds, it, it, it gives you um, a lot more that you can do with what you have. And so I think that as an indie podcaster, a single voice, which Girl in Space was originally a mm-hmm. single voice show right. uh, before it 
grew into a monster that I couldn't control. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and it was it was like, well, I could be sitting here at my microphone talking about um, whatever, like, oh, I'm sitting in a castle right now. And or I could be in space. And that was just so appealing because um, I'm just I'm a science fiction junkie. And I think most science fiction fans would call themselves science fiction junkies because it's like a, it, it's an addiction. The, the, the possibilities, the opportunities that there are in space and what space represents is just so compelling, at least to me. And so it was easy to do with a, with a microphone because it's one person in a spaceship and you just put a background behind it. And it's very easy to believe very, I don't want to say very little work cause it's a ton of work, but it's, um, it was, it was, it made sense for the equipment that I had to work with. And, Um, As for how I started doing it, um, so I have another show. It's called The Right Now Podcast, and I was doing an episode of that, and I was talking into my little tube of foam that I use and was like, what if I was just, like, reading a story? What if I was, instead of talking about the creative business, what if I was sitting here saying, like, hey, it's Sarah, and this time I'm in space, and you can't prove me wrong? Um, and I was like, let's just play around with the truth a little bit. <laughs> and um, it just, it seemed so fun. And, and and so I just kind of wrote the first episode just really quick. I wanted to do this whole thing as an experiment. And that's how it started. It, it was just, it was an experiment. And I just wanted to see what would happen. And um, so I recorded the first episode and I got my mother-in-law, who was very gracious, to play uh, what I told her was, uh, a sort of annoying, clingy AI. And she was like, oh, that sounds great. And I was like, <laughs> um, so that's my mother-in-law who plays Charlotte, the AI. Um, but yeah, I just recorded that first episode and like released it into the ether. And it was really the first thing. It was the first time I'd ever done something like that with my fiction. Like hmm. for me, I, I, I'm, I'm a ghostwriter and I've ghostwritten books and I've been blogging since like 2004. And nonfiction comes very easily to me, but my fiction has always been very precious and very sacred um, because I'm egotistical and pretentious, like a lot of, like a lot of us creators. <laughs> and we get really precious about our work. And this, this was like the first piece of fiction that I let go. This was the first piece of fiction that I published. And oh. when I published it, um, it landed it, and it didn't, I was just ready for it to like fail and disappear into the ether, but it didn't. And so I started creating more episodes and then that's really, um, that's really how that came about. I'm sorry. That was really long winded, but brilliant. Well, thank you. (laughs) The problem is never getting us to talk about our shows, right? It's getting us to shut up about them. Exactly. But because uh, I've forgotten the phrase now because we're egotistical and, and something else, but it might have been narcissistic. It might narcissistic. Yeah, we can add that to the <laughs> but, list. But we'll go for it. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, it's it's really true. And I and I think you and I both went through the same process. I mean, I'm kidding about us being narcissistic because I, I my experience of you is that you're a tremendously um, generous person. Thank you. And, and kind to other people. So I just, I don't experience you as being somebody <laughs> who, who thinks the whole world revolves around you. But a raging narcissist. <laughs> exactly. No, that, that hasn't been my experience. But, but, but we both decided that we were going to do these shows about solitary people marooned somewhere because 
there are endless possibilities if we're out in space, but also, my God, the convenience. Mm-hmm. I- I'll be the star and mm-hmm. I'll figure out what I'm going to say and yeah. I don't have to fuss with anybody else. Isn't that nice? It, it's wonderful. <laughs> it does, of course, presume that we're fine performers and writers as well. <laughs> and that we Maybe can... that's where the narcissism comes in. <laughs> Maybe that's it because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, narcissism I don't know. Narcissism to the rescue. I, I listen to some of my shows sometimes. I listen to my parts. I think, that guy's good. <gasps> I like that. Oh, I, I've been re-listening. So I'm I'm working on Girl in Space Season 2 right now. And to do that, I'm doing a, a my very first full re-listen of my show. Yeah. Yeah, I've had to just do that too. Oh, yeah. So, and for me, it is so cringy. Ah, uh, yeah. It's so cringy. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> And, you know, I, I I, mean, I have a lot of training as an actor, but decided that that wasn't the life for me. I mean, I had a, I had to go to graduate school to figure that out. But, um, and what a lot of it was about, school? say again? What did you go to graduate school in? Uh, as an acting, as an actor and director. I learned and, something new about you today. I love this. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought I was going to be a stage and screen performer and I was going to be, you know, and a lot of that experience of the of the training was people saying you don't have the look you don't have the body you don't have the move it's it was this this constant list of things that i don't have that you need to to do i mean nobody was saying at the time face made for radio but um they might have had they known how interested i was in in being a voice actor but that's not something i was being trained at but um but i feel like all of those instincts, all of those things that I was wanting to do as a performer uh, for the stage and screen are things that I'm now getting to do finally as a voice actor in a role that I know because I wrote it. Yeah. Um, Orson Welles said that the camera is your judge, but the microphone is your friend. And, you know, coming from him, I, 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 just, I just remember reading that and saying, thank you, Orson. That's it exactly. Wow. I, I can now be an act, the actor I've always wanted to be, free from the judgment that I was always told was being put on my face and body. Uh, oh, but it's, it's not there. I so I don't know what X looks like. I don't have any mental image at all. So, which is interesting. Yeah. She's, she's sort of like a floating point in space. But uh, I it's... Well, I, I've seen lovely fan art, and, and, and since I know you, I'm always interested that they don't look anything like you. No, which is fascinating, and I kind of love it, actually, because yeah, yeah. it lets me... I, I, I have I, one so fan I'm, art drawing of Chris, and it looks nothing like me at all. And like, I do love you like that? that? I do, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it lets maybe, it lets us distance ourselves a little bit. Like, yes. so for me, I don't have that actor training, the actor background. And I was like, and, and like I said, I was just doing Girl in Space as an experiment. And I never really thought it would like catch on or anything. And then pretty soon I found myself like, oh, I kind of, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm doing this. And um, I, I'm not comfortable with thinking of myself as an actor in any way. So to see fan art that comes through that looks nothing like me, I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, good. I'm, yes, yes. Right. Keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. More of that, please. Yeah. If we're going to talk about the show, I should go ahead and sound my my trademark relativity spoiler warning, and here it goes. Spoilers. 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 And I'll mention again, I want to know if somebody can tell me where 
that male voice who's saying spoilers, where that comes from. Now, do I remember right from another conversation that we're both preacher's kids? We are. And maybe I shouldn't. This is one of those things I can cut out later if, oh, I, no, this, if yeah. I need to, because, well, I'm just saying, who knows where this is going to go. But um, there is, then, then you growing up, as I have, with the, um, the idea that uh, PKs, as we call uh-huh. ourselves, <laughs> are trouble. Um, and, and I, and I've known some other preacher's kids who, who were working hard to, to earn that, but there's this sort of idea that we're, that we, um, have been kind of kept, there's been kind of a lid kept on us. And then at adulthood, we were let out and we have been released on the world as holy terrors. (laughs) Um, again, I don't experience you that way, (laughs) but, uh, I, I do think that a lot of the things that happened in my life being brought up that way are turning up on relativity. Yes. And I wonder if you're having that experience too, that if that's even something we can talk about. X certainly her relationship with her parents is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I kind of, nobody has ever asked me a question like this before and I really appreciate it. You know, you you grow up um, a certain way and you you hold on to those things, whether it's consciously, unconsciously, what have you. Mm -hmm. And I noticed I was weaving in some ethical questions. I noticed I was weaving in, um, you know, thinking about the Kavatika as the Garden of Eden and what what happens when we let people in there who have uh, not awesome agendas. Um, So and, and it's you can kind of read a lot of that into the story. Um, but at the same, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I love that you said we didn't maybe rebel like other PKs right. because I didn't go through like the tattoos and the piercings and the staying out till 3 AM, but no. I did start to rebel in other ways. And I think that X and the story is going through, you know, because I wrote her and we're all mostly uh, a large part of us goes into the characters that we create. Um, like for me, it was leaving my job and understanding that I didn't want to be in this like bureaucratic nine to five system, um, learning that I wanted to be a creative professional. And so my rebelling came in like my 30s. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm a late bloomer with that, but, um, I've definitely noticed that with X as well. Um, she's leading a mutiny. She refuses to conform to the Caldwell Enterprises handbook of branding and conduct. Um, and so I don't know, how about, how about for you? Like, what do you see in your show that shows up? Yeah, I shouldn't have posed that question to you without knowing what my answer was for myself. (laughs) Exactly. That's okay, just puts us on But yeah, that's right. But I... My show is about a tension between two people because I did know, I did figure out pretty quickly that this shouldn't, couldn't just be a show about one character being played by me, that it would need to be, um, some kind of a conflict between two people. Mm. And the character that I'm playing is one who is very much unlike myself because he always wants his own way and he insists that he knows what he's doing all the time and he gets in trouble constantly because you can't tell, he doesn't follow orders. And he's the first to tell you, I don't like following orders. Mm -hmm. 
But mm-hmm. his tether on the ground, the person flying his kite, is the character I think I'm the most like. And and she is the one who's always saying, here are the rules. Here's how we do this. Well, and that's what that's what keeps us safe. And that's what keeps us grounded. Well, you know, if you I mean, the, the, the religious tradition that I was raised in was extremely conservative, conservative yeah. Christian. And. I have broken way far away from that in my adult life now. <laughs> but it's all still there. That that yeah. that kid is still yeah. inside me. Yeah. So that tension exists every day that, no, this is how we do things. What? Who says? Nobody yeah. says, I'll do whatever I want. Right. You know? So the show kind of is about me and I didn't plan it that way. But that's, but that's I, how it works. I think it's there. Yeah. Uh, I was um, I was having coffee with another audio drama creator, Raul Vega from Rose Drive, earlier mm. this morning, and we were talking about how autobiographical huh. our work is and how so simultaneously blatantly autobiographical <laughs> it is. But like everybody who listens to the show like doesn't know my story, and so they have no idea. Yeah. Like everything in girl in space is absolutely true it's autobiographical it is the story of a situation that i went through and this is how i processed it was through the sci-fi lens like it's essentially my journal um and and so and it sounds like that's very similar with you too maybe not like necessarily like the events but like the depth to which you put yourself into these characters and realizing, oh, this is really just my inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's incredible, and I wonder how many of us that's true for. Yeah, yeah, it may be a hundred percent. I wonder, huh? No, I swear, Sarah, I, I really haven't thought all that out until you asked me the question just now. That just that just happened this moment, and I'm recording it. Oh, I, I love this. I, I realized, yeah, this show in its big picture, in its central conflict at least, is is about um, my coming to grips with the way I was brought up and the way I, I think and feel and believe today. Mm. Uh, weird. But yeah, no, that doesn't matter to anybody but me. I think it matters. I think it matters, and that's the power of story. Mm. I think it's by sharing this story, you're inviting other people to understand that about themselves to whatever uh, yeah. degree. They may not be a PK, but they may be facing that same inner struggle and they, they may find answers in that. They may find just peace and understanding that um, other people go through the same struggle. I, I don't know. I think it's incredibly powerful. Oh yeah. Well, boy, I hope so. Cause, <laughs> but I, 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 I think and believe that you're right. Um, my, my wife's a, a media psychologist and her work, uh, her, her, her specialty is about the colossal power of story, about fictional mm-hmm. narrative in our lives. And, um, and I, uh, it, we're constantly sparking each other because our, our works overlap so much because we, we believe in this. We believe that these, these made up stories that we're so interested in, they are about, they're always about us. They're always in the end. They're always about no matter how far-fetched they are, they end up being about a, a reality. Yeah. Yeah, um, and there's something... I mean, and I I would love to have a conversation with her as well. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting. What I found is that as I've written Girl in Space, um, you so generously earlier said, like, it comes out monthly. Like, between episodes 12 and 13, it was eight months. So thank you for being so you know, generous. 
with the time measurement. Um, but time we, is relative. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. And 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 I've changed since I started Girl in Space. And because of that, Girl in Space has changed. But also because of that, I have changed. Like there's just this really interesting phenomenon that happens when you create a story about your life sort of tangentially and when you process it through the story how then you can change your life based on what you've processed through the story like i'm i'm always always fascinated by that and so I, sometimes i tell people that girl in space has changed my life and they're like oh because it's gotten you an audience and it's like no like it's allowed me to change mm. And it's like by processing these internal struggles that we've been portraying in our fiction, by processing that, we can either let them go if we need to. We can decide that we want to hold on to them. Um, but but ultimately, it allows us to move forward in a new way. That's, that's so intriguing. Because one of the things I, I experience about the show and love about it is that I, I experience X as being a, a gentle person, a, a, an innocent Mm. Which makes sense if the Kavatic is the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And and then that space and her life are intruded on by incredible violence and hostility. And she is <laughs> she refuses to be changed by that. Yes. They can't they can't <laughs> make her into their kind of kind of person. And I, I admire that about her so much. But and I think that's very much to the point you were just making was that. I, that's just a story, right? It's a made up story, but I have found that inspirational. I feel like we're going through a time in, in our country right now where uh, a lot of us who, who think of ourselves as gentle people that we're feeling besieged, but Hey, if X isn't destroyed by it, maybe I don't have to be either. No. Hmm. And you don't have to change who you are. You don't have to give in to somebody else's tactics. Exactly. I, I promised you <laughs> offline here that I wasn't going to keep you on, on the line too long. So, and I want to be true to my promise, but so, um, just an enjoyable conversation. I just want to talk with you forever about, oh. about story and, and everything, but, uh, it's, it's so, so fascinating. And, and for people who are listening to this and who are not already on board with girl in space, uh, I hope it, that that's, uh, this has sparked some interest about that and about you and about right now for that matter. Thank um, you. Thank you. My gosh. So, so tell, so tell everybody how they, uh, how they do that. How do they, oh, how do they get on board? Well, gosh, you can get on. I said, oh gosh, like eight times in a row, which is very on brand for me. So, um, you, you can <laughs> and the blue glasses, so <laughs> and the blue glasses, blue glasses, I and... bright blue glasses that I never take off because I can't see, um, you can find girl in space on any, uh, podcatcher, any podcast app that you like to use. It's on Spotify. Spotify, it's on Pandora, it's on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the places, um, wherever you like to listen. Uh, you can also find me at Girl in Space Pod. No, oh, that's not right. Girl in Space Podcast.com, uh, all one word. Uh, you can also listen to my other show, which is the Right Now Podcast, where I do sort of what we're doing right now, and that's talk about creativity and talk about writing and what it means to live a life that's creative. And that's W-R-I-T-E right now because, you know, puns, because we're writers. Puns, yeah. We make puns. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So both of those shows are available on all those platforms. You can also find my website at sarahwerner.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-W-E-R-N-E-R.com. And 
we're going to do live shows together in April, which is just uh, the closer it gets, the more incredible it seems. But we we just came out of a marathon planning meeting and which, yeah, (laughs) but all things are possible. But but so one of the issues is that we can't talk about the venue yet, but we know this is going to be in April 2020. And we know that you can find out more about it on our website at Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. Dot O-R-G. I'm proud of that name because I came so up with it. Good. It's so good. It's, it's been my major contribution to this so far is coming up with that name. Um, oh, my gosh. You've done so much. You did. You've, you've okay. Done. And the website and, and, yeah, and all and, the graphics and, and everything. Yeah. And right. so, you're basically carrying this on your shoulders. At this point. But anyway. <laughs> But the, yeah, the genius part of this is yeah that that if you, if you can make it that you you'll be able to see and hear live and in person girl in space relativity moonbase theta out a ninth world journal Oz nine and tales of sage and savant which are uh, all fabulous uh, science fictional podcasts and we're going to be doing bonus content along the way that if you get into our Indiegogo you'll be able to it's it's not just merch that you'll be able to get it's uh, it's original content. Unique stories. Unique stories. So, and then we're going to record this event. And so the uh, the Live in Seattle album is going to be available <laughs> after that as well. So uh, we can make you sick of us. Oh, yeah. Really easily. So, yeah. That's not a goal, though, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, thank you so much for getting onto a Skype with me to just to talk a little bit. And, uh, man, we got to get together and talk more. Yes, please. Lee, this has been an absolute delight. I just appreciate you and everything you're doing. I love Relativity. I'm excited to share the stage with you in April 2020. Mark your calendars. Um, This has just been, been an absolute delight. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. 